Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day and you're having an amazing Christmas weekend so far. This will be the last show we do as far as before Christmas, and uh, we'll be off on Christmas Day, of course. So this Friday, we're going to be covering a lot of news articles and giving you guys some info and giving you guys some specials that we got going on. And also, too, encouraging you guys to continually get the truth out there and encourage one another to also do the same, maintaining your health maintaining your energy, and best of all, helping others to do the same. Because as I have found over the years, and Jim Rohn used to say, one of the most effective ways that you can do as far as help yourself and get what you need is to help other people get what they need first. And that's so important and such a very effective concept that can be applicable in so many areas. And so I encourage you guys, please get the truth out there on a regular basis and constantly encourage others to do the same. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. We have some different specials that are going up on the front page today, so be sure to check those out. And, of course, a lot of people have been taking advantage of it last night since I talked about it yesterday in detail. The Magnesium Brain Food as product of the week. Y'all voted it won by a landslide, and it's on sale for over 15% off right now at healthmasters.com. So be sure to stock up on that over the weekend because it will be changing next week. And also, too, the 12 days coupon, which this weekend will be the last coupon active. It'll be active throughout the whole week on, though, the 12 days, 1-2-D-A-Y-S. It's active on every single D3 product that we have. That's one of the most effective products we have at maintaining the immune system. So the D3 10,000 K2, the D3 5,000, or the liquid D3, all three of those can have the 12 days coupon active or applied to it all weekend long. So if you want to jump on those before Christmas, be sure to check them out and take advantage of that sell right now at healthmasters.com. And again, this is why we bring this information to you on a regular basis to continually encourage one another to really talk about stuff. You know, yesterday we were going into some detail with health health. Uh, health articles and other aspects and the thing that I've noticed you know I was on the phone last night with a friend of mine and he was asking me some you know some some health topics and some certain things that he's been hearing and he goes why is it that so many people now have the ability to find this information he said yet yeah, but you still find so many people that are very ignorant and I said well a lot of it is I said people are too complacent I said and or they're too needlessly busy wrapped up in distractions and I said, what's interesting is I said, back in the day, you know, people actually had to try to get things set up. They had actually had to put in effort to do many items or many aspects or many tasks that they wanted to do. I said, nowadays, people are becoming so lazy that essentially they don't have a lot of ambition or drive on certain topics. And it really is sad. You know, back in the day, for example, you wanted to watch a movie that came out on television. You know, you missed it at the movie theater and you did, they didn't have it at Blockbuster and it came on television and you wanted to record it because you were going out to dinner that night. Uh, you had to get your VHS tape. You had to make sure it was time to go on and record it, you know, 8 p.m. Then basically when you got home later, you could go back and rewind it and then fast forward through the commercials or re-edit it again if you had a secondary one. You know, it was like, oh, you actually had to do all that. And kids nowadays, they go, what do you mean? I literally just type it into my streaming service and it pops up on my iPad immediately. I can watch pretty much any movie that's ever been in existence right now to touch my fingers within seconds. The issue with that concept, and I'm just using that as an example, the issue with that concept is that the 
actual input and the actual task and the motivation to complete those has become so minimal that a lot of times people just don't care. It doesn't matter to them anymore, and that's why we bring up so many different health topics on this show because you've got to want to make a difference in your life when it comes to health. You've got to want to make a concerted effort to continually stay healthy. It doesn't just happen. If you just continually eat the same things that you know are causing cancer and that you know are causing liver problems, that you know are causing brain fog, you know are causing digestive issues, and you keep eating them – Nothing's going to change. You actually have to make an effort. But so many people now have this concept where they kind of think, well, I can eat whatever I want. I can drink whatever I want. I could go to the doctor once a month and then give me a pill and it'll fix it all. That's why you're seeing such a massive rise in obesity across the country. And it's continually been uptrending and it will continue to uptrend as long as people stay complacent. That's why they come up with all these diabetes medications. Now, then they're doing the one diabetes shots that were basically for people that wanted to lose weight. And so this is a constant effort that people are pushing now, this ideology that essentially you don't have to be responsible for anything. You can simply just pawn the ball off to somebody else, and that simply doesn't work like that, at least with your health and at least with your body composition. That's the one thing that I've always told people in the business industry. And I said one thing that you always will find is that majority of people that are fairly successful are usually in good shape. For the most part, now, they may not necessarily be like bodybuilders are all you know jacked up, but they're overall in decent shape in most cases. Now you get some people that don't, you know. There's also that percentage. I said, but the vast majority that I encounter that I work with, they try to be at least moderately fit. And the reason why is one thing that shows you when you're going into business with someone is that they have discipline. It takes discipline to work out three or four or five days a week, even if it's just getting up and doing push-ups in your, your, be- your bedroom, doing sit-ups, doing a pull-up bar, doing bodyweight squats. I've told people that before. Those three things right there, you don't, you, there's no excuse. You can get up in the morning. You can do 25 push-ups. You can do 25 sit-ups. You can do 25 squats. You can do it two, three, four different sets. You know, bar you don't have any serious injuries or knee problems or shoulder issues or something like that, but if you're in overall health. And yet so many people won't even take that five to ten minutes of that exercise in the morning or in the evening or in the afternoon, but yet they'll sit there and they'll binge out on Netflix for three, four, five hours a night. And they'll say, well, I don't, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do push-ups and sit-ups and squats. I, I, can't, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm needlessly busy. And that goes right back to exactly what we're talking about and I was mentioning earlier is do not allow yourself to become so overwhelmed with being needlessly busy. We are constantly wrapped up in projects because that's what happens when people start coming to a point where they become essentially just doing menial tasks that aren't really accomplishing anything and you're essentially majoring in minors instead of focusing on the major points that you need to work on you to focus on and then those other things will fall into place i kind of want to put that out there i had a good conversation with a friend of mine last night talking about those different things and that's another thing you can do you know for people that may be having issues with focus or having issues with trying to organize things one thing that i do almost on a daily basis the night before i get ready to go to bed i'll have usually like a big big index card like a four by six or a three by five sometimes on both sides and i'll go through all my tasks that I got to take care of the next day, whether it's business stuff, whether it's emails, whether it's, you know, supplements, whether it's, you know, invoices, whether it's whatever it may be. And I go through it all in meetings, whatever I got to do. And I set it on a list. And that way I get it out of my mind the night before if there's anything else I add to it. So what happens is when I wake up in the morning, 
I'm not trying to scramble to put all those things back in my mind again to go, what do I need to do? I pick up my card. I go over it. I assess it. I think about what my timeline needs to be for all of them. I write it down and I knock out the day. That's one thing that will really help a lot of people that are suffering with, say, like ADHD symptoms or focusing issues or sometimes overwhelming or anxiety problems. Because one thing about it is when you start having issues with focus and anxiety, it'll cause you to start really focusing on the minors instead of trying to really actively get things done. So again, over this weekend, enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, continue to encourage one another to do the same and continue to encourage one another to stay strong and don't be in a situation where you get overwhelmed with fear, or this, the news or whatever, all this dumb stuff that they put out all the time. That's why we try to bring a lot of health articles and encouraging articles because what you've seen now over the last few years and especially Especially, especially during COVID, is there so much distractions? Again, not needless distractions. They want to keep people constantly focused on things, but then they turn around and they change the narrative. They change the flick rate all the time. That's why I said before, whenever you have these emergencies that are put into place, it has to be handled right now. We've got to we got to pass another trillion dollar bill right now. We've got to pass more money and do this and do that. It's always this emergency. It's always a call to action right now. And we'll address the issues later and we'll address what everybody's questions are later. And the problem is they're never addressed. It's just the next emergency lands before the other one's done. And it's this continual cyclical event. You know, and I was talking to my friend last night about a lot of stuff. He was asking me about prices on certain things and houses and stuff. And I said, I'm not a realtor, I'm not giving me financial advice. I said, but I've been monitoring certain things and I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, I know we had a massive housing correction in 08 and 09. And I said, but the difference is now with what we have going on is I said, A, the loans haven't been as easy to get now. I said, B, you also did not have $7 trillion injected into the actual markets over a year and a half period. I said, that's a huge factor when it comes to inflation and devaluation of a currency. That's why so many people have started to get into basically like collector cars. They've gotten into real estate. They're getting into property because those are tangible assets that are still physically able to be handled, to be held, to be sold, to do anything you want with them instead of this funny money paper currency that's literally losing value every single day. And that's why you've seen so many investors getting out of cash and getting into anything else other than cash because the devaluation is happening very, very rapidly. And the only thing that even remotely slowed it down was raising the interest rates. The problem with this is now the interest rates have caused a huge contraction in a lot of markets. But if you've noticed, the prices still have not really dropped that much in some markets, especially down here like in Florida. And so again, not giving you advice on anything. What I'm telling you is continue to keep open eyes on things, continue to do research on it, not making any major big decisions right this second, but continuing to watch and monitor things as they change and continuing to get prepped and have a hedge. That's why I tell people all the time, the basics are always there. The items, the tangible items are assets like food buckets, water, water filtration, ammunition, First aid, medical equipment, all those things should have been a priority as far as having backups and already ready to go because you see this happen so many times. And I've watched it down here in Florida, and it's usually not Floridians anymore. It's usually people from out of state where you have people that literally come in and they move down here. and We get one of these massive hurricanes, and you'll see videos and photos of them going to the store and just like cleaning stuff out. They're buying all this stuff and buying all this water and stockpiling. Dude, if you're from really from Florida, you've already done that months ago. Every single week, you know, you have stuff stocked up on a regular basis. So make sure you're prepping accordingly. You have things set into place accordingly and you're not sitting there essentially waiting for something to happen for you to take an initiative 
always try to be proactive the best you possibly can and encourage others to do the same. That's my take on that this morning and encouraging people every single day. What do you think, Dad, and how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great, Austin. Uh, very, very Merry Christmas to everybody because it'll be the last broadcast we have before Christmas. And we'll be back here on December 26th live. We'll have a really good show for you on, on Christmas Day. Uh, we'll probably do something on the blood of Christ, a really good show since we're talking about Jesus and you know Christmas and, and who he is. So I'm excited about you know that broadcast we'll have on Christmas Day. And we'll do another good broadcast again on Sunday night. So it's, it'll be a tape, though. Both of those will be tapes. But, you know, but, but Merry Christmas to everybody. You know, and, you know, and Austin uh, made a very good point. You know, you can't be operating out of panic and out of fear. You've got to have a preparatory mindset. I wrote an article on that years and years ago. You know, put some storable food away. You know, keep it. Don't use it. You know, and then what happens if in the event that it starts to get close to the expiration date, you could donate it to a food shelter and be done with it. And just look at it as a contribution to a nonprofit. That's how I look at the whole thing. In addition to that, the real estate market, that's a funny one because Austin's right. You know, we've got, the, we've got this big boom still going on down here in Florida, but we don't know who's buying the houses. Well, we know who's buying them, State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, and they're buying up everything because Mary Klaus Schwab said by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And a lot of people are buying hyperinflated priced homes right now here in Florida still, and I don't like that. I really don't. I personally believe that you know homes and real estate are going to maintain value in the long term, but I watched the market completely collapse in 2008, and houses were selling for 25% what they had sold for three years earlier. So I think we're going to have some more of that, but if they start lowering interest rates again, it's going to, be, it's going to push inflation up. So we find ourselves not in a Weimar Republic cycle, but in a weird cycle right now with what's happening on in the economy overall. And like Austin said, we're not financial planners, and quite frankly, you know, I don't really know what to do. I know liquidity is important if you want a good deal, but I also know that you know hyperinflation and you know expensive assets right now may not be a good investment. So the entire world is kind of reeling with what the Rothschild banking cartel has done with that seven trillion dollars. But remember, that seven trillion dollars went primarily to the good old boys. It went to the uh, it went to the bankers. It went to the people that basically are running the economies. It went to the center, you know, all the all these international cartels. It didn't go to we the people. If we the people had been given seven trillion dollars, the economy would really be hyperinflated right now. But a lot of it came back out of the money supply to service existing debt. The problem is we don't really know what's going on. Remember when Bernanke came in and they did the audit of the Fed through Ron Paul and Bernanke had put twenty trillion dollars somewhere and he didn't remember where it had gone. Remember that twenty trillion dollars. And you think, well, that's crazy. Yeah, well, I thought it was crazy then, but that did not hyperinflate the economy either. A lot of it has to do with the M1 money supply and the M2 money supply. And the M2 right now is slow, slowing down quite a bit, and the M1 is dropping again. So the biggest problem we have are derivatives and the, the hundreds of trillions, quadrillions of dollars that are in United States dollars that are basically out there still with no means to pay them back. So we've got a mess. And that's why I really am a big advocate of you know precious metals and you know but you know, don't keep those at your house. Keep them in a safety deposit box somewhere. Keep them somewhere where you know you know if somebody breaks into your house, you know they're not going to be able to take your you know your your five hundred dollars worth of silver coins or whatever. Be careful with all that kind of stuff. Be real real careful where you put that stuff. That's very very important. And also remember, don't have a spirit of fear. You know we have a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Fear is the killer. Fear will cause you to self sabotage. Let me talk about that for a second. I remember I was first exposed to this, gosh, back a long, long time ago when I was in direct marketing, long, long time ago, you know, decades ago. And I never heard the term self-sabotage. That's self-limiting behavior. In other words, if you don't believe that you're worth $20 an hour, 
you'll do whatever you have to to get back down to $12 an hour. If you don't believe that you're worth $40 an hour, you'll do whatever you have to to get back down to $20 an hour. You'll sabotage yourself. I see that self-limiting behavior in people all the time, especially by the confessions that they speak because they have a portion of the brain called the reticulator activator, which picks up negative confessions. And when those negative confessions are told to the brain, the brain doesn't realize those negative confessions aren't real, and it does everything it possibly can to make that reality happen. Okay, let me explain what I mean by that. The brain doesn't understand what a joke is. It doesn't do that. It's like a computer. And so when you say, Father, I thank you that I'm always at the right place at the right time every time, the brain sets up the scenario that you're always going to be the right place at the right time every time. If you tell your brain you can't do something, the brain sets up the scenario through the reticulator activator that you can't do that, and it will limit your behavior. It's like having a thermostat set at you know, 80 degrees in the summertime in your house. As soon as it hits 80, the AC turns off. The brain does the same thing through the reticulator activating system. I've done entire shows on this before, but we have to understand that our confessions that we speak control the reticulator activator. If you always have a positive confession, it's going to be doing great. You see this with people who were raised in communist countries, and suddenly their, their lives become better and better and better. They start speaking negative stuff like, I'm never, you know, I'm never blessed. I'm, ne- I'm always unlucky. All this bad stuff always happens to me. Pretty soon, all the bad stuff happens to them. And if it doesn't happen to them, they'll make sure that it happens to them. They'll limit their own behavioral pattern. I've seen that so many times. It's mind-boggling. And I always know what's going to happen because of the words they speak. And so you see it over and over. So if that's the problem when you have negative websites that all they do is put up negative news, and all the people always reading these negative news articles or putting out their imprecatory prayers, and everything's negative, 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 negative. You create the negative reality around you, and pretty soon you become a very negative person, and all of a sudden you're you know, praying curses on other people, and you're, it's just – you turn into a nightmare. You don't even act like a Christian anymore. You know, Like I said to, the, on you guys, to you guys yesterday, what would Jesus think about the killing of women and children who are Christians in Gaza? he's not going to like that. You know, Jesus would be pretty upset about that. And, and see, we have to understand that, you know, Israel doesn't operate on Christian principles. You know, they're not Christians. For the vast part of Israel is not a Christian. They, they don't even want Christians coming in. If you're not Jewish, they don't want you coming over there and, and, and migrating and, and living there, immigrating. They don't want any of that stuff. And, and so to them, Jesus is a demon-possessed sorcerer, according to their Kabbalah and their Zohar, not the Zohar, but the Kabbalah and, and, the, and their Talmud. And if you understand that, it starts to make it starts to make more sense as to why they act the way they act. They don't have a they don't have a you know they don't have the love of God through the Holy Spirit permeating their culture. And that's the crazy part about all of it. That's why Christians who support all of that stuff start thinking through the reality of what's going on. They really, really aren't. By the way, there's an article here. I'm going to read you part of this. Gladness is silence amid chaos and violence. And, you know, this is an interesting one. I mean, this, this, it quotes Alex – this is by Doug Oncola Lynn, and it says, The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. This is Alex. This is Solzhenitsyn, the Gulag Archipelago. He goes, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute – this is Revelation – who sits by many waters with her – with her, the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with abdominal things and the filth of her adulteries. The name written on her forehead was a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, and the abominations of the earth, Revelation 17, 1-5. 
And then he goes on to say, John D. McDonald in the book Darker Than Amber, he says, I had been emotionally involved a few times with women with enough of a record of promiscuity to make me vaguely uneasy. It is difficult to put much value on something the lady has distributed all too generously. I have the feeling there is some mysterious, mysterious quota which varies with each woman. And whether she gives herself or sells herself, once she reaches her own number, once X pairs of hungry hands have been clamped tightly around her, she suffers a sea of change, wherein she is altered, and from honey to acid, her eyes change to glass, and her heart becomes stone, and her mouth a windy cave, from whence each monster moist comes the stink of death. This is a McDonald article. He goes, then the article goes on to say, we live in an age of wizards and prostitutes whose souls are sold in the pursuit of material pleasures. Time-honored principles have been traded for profit and power as lawlessness intensifies. The word mystery is defined as something not understood or being beyond, or in a religious sense, that that truth that one can only know by revelation, it cannot be fully understood. This would imply, with a simply not knowing, a mystery that can which exceeds human understanding. There's a saying I've heard over and over in my life that has, for the most part, been stated by older men with whom I've been related and acquainted. It says, the older I get, the less I know. I can't ever recall hearing a woman make that statement. Perhaps they already know that's the truth. But seriously, I speculate the assertion is made by men more often than women because when younger, we males tend to consider ourselves as invincible. However, time, the experience of life engenders humility. Now, what's interesting about this, this goes this article goes on to talk about what William Casey said as far as what is true and what is false. Former CIA William Casey during his first CIA staff meeting in 1981 is said to have stated the following. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American believes is a fall, is false or is a lie. In pursuit of the CIA objectives, perhaps it was possibly Casey, who actually on what the French philosopher Voltaire had asserted two centuries earlier, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. A few months ago, he says, I wrote an article speculating on the revelation of method-predictive programming. Now it appears a cyber attack may be the next false thing, according to Barack Obama, produced Netflix show, Leave the World Beyond, and followed by a civil war. Although deception and tyranny are sold as time, the modern-day wizards appear to have grown bolder in usurping science and technology to spend their magic spells. However, even through war, slavery, and religious prophecies are as old as mankind. Not all modern denouncements are the result of the Illuminati voodoo. Now, I'm going to put, put the rest of this – I'm going to put and post this so you guys can read it. But he's going into detail about the wizards and the sorcerers and who they are and what they believe and how they think. And I've told you so many times that we have so many people out there right now that are basically believing the lie of all of this stuff as far as what they see in the mainstream media. And I've told you for years now that the world is controlled by the ancient Canaanite cults, and, and, and this, is, this is a cult that is run at the highest levels through Lucifer, and at the mid-high levels they have witches and warlocks and wizards that are doing this that are engaged in human sex trafficking, human sacrificial trafficking, and all kinds of satanic rituals that are used to maintain the energy field around the planet so that every thought of every man will become evil, especially after they hook us into a D-wave computer through a 5G network through a doggone injection of nanotechnology while it wires directly into the matrix. Now, I just said a lot there. You may have to go back and listen to that one again. But the reality is that's where we find ourselves right now. That's why it's ever more important that we tie ourselves to God Almighty through Jesus Christ. I'm telling you guys, a lot of you listening to the show are say probably 90% of you, but there's still 10% of you out there that haven't committed your hearts to Christ, your hearts and minds and lives to Christ. The world and its worldly pleasures 
will drag you into a pretty deep ditch. You've got to, you've got to stay away from that. You, you've got to work with what you've been given. You've been worked with what, what the Word of God says, and you've got to be obedient to what the Word of God says in all the areas of your life. Is that easy? No, it's not. I have to admit it's difficult. But the reality is we've got to do the best we possibly can. And then if we don't get it right, then grace is sufficient for us. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. There's a really good article from Harbinger Daily, and it says, Environmental Worship, the Apple commercial promotes sacrifices to the Mother Earth goddess. Again, it goes right back to what I talked about with the wizards and the warlock and the witches. Everyone worships something. This is just how God made us. But in a world that is corrupted by sin and is a constant rebellion to its creator, that worship gets distorted and twisted in ways that dishonor God. We can understand how that would happen in a jungle tribe where there's no direct access to what God has revealed about the right way to offer worship. But what about in America today? There is access to the Bible on everyone's phone or laptop, and the instructions are clear. But that's the problem. It goes back to what Austin says. People don't want to see the truth. All of this information is out there. They still don't want to see the truth. They don't want to see the truth about the COVID shot as they get more and more injections. They don't want to see it. But many people claim the problem is just that. The God of the Bible is much too demanding, and he expects people to only worship him and follow a list of rules, act a certain way, and hang out with certain people, avoid certain peoples. So many expectations and such harsh judgment, they would prefer a loving God who accepts them for who they are and validates their choices. If they could find that God, they would probably worship him or her, according to what they say. The Apostle Paul outlines this type of thinking in Romans, describing a recognition of a powerful and divine being who is rejected and replaced with idols preferred by the individual. These idols, idols put up with even seem to be condoned and celebrate the immoral acts that the creator rejected. So the people's slide into sinful, shameful acts continues until their hearts are so darkened and hardened that God gives them over to their passions. Hmm. Now, he goes on to say, so I was surprised when I saw a recent commercial from Apple. The immediate tone is that someone is very important is coming to HQ and everyone is anxious to perform at their best. Evidence of sin is being hidden and bargains are being struck around the table. Thunder rolls as earth shudders, the breeze flutters, carrying this powerful being who suddenly appears at the head of the table, Mother Nature. And her assistant had arrived with a royal announcement. Hope we didn't keep you waiting. A young lady gasps in awe. And this goes back to the earth worship. This is what they do. They like to go in and sacrifice. It's the Gia cult. While people claim they don't want to worship a god with so many demands, this is exactly what they are doing. The video reveals the heart of the matter. The ancient goddess Gaia is in the embodiment of earth, terror being the Roman equivalent. And again, this is all about worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And people don't understand that this is what people always do. People get out there and they have a fancy car. You know, they've got a 67, you know, Corvette with a 427 engine, big block, and they worship it. They go out there and they watch people go out and actually kiss their cars. I kid you not. And I mean, they worship it like it's something that's an embodiment of, you know, of God itself, of Jesus Christ. These are Christians that I'm talking about. I've seen do this. The crazy part about all of this is that God doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff having you. And if you understand all of this stuff, you start to understand that God is a holy God, but he's also a jealous God, and he doesn't want you being controlled by your stuff that you own. You know, let me, let me explain something to you here, and this is something that's really important. You know, we come naked into this world, for those of you who've never heard this analogy before, and we're not leaving with anything. We're not taking anything with us. You know, you're not going to hook a you know, U-Haul up to the hearse. It's not going to happen. We've got to get that. You know, and so all the stuff that we have here while we're here, God doesn't mind us having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have us. So whether it's a truck or a car or you know, a fancy house or whatever it is, don't allow those things to become idols to you. Don't allow that to be part 
of your worship service. Don't don't do that. You know, it's that, there's nothing wrong with having a nice car, having a nice house, but don't allow it to own you. And suddenly you have payments that are so high, you have to work, like Austin said, all the time in order to pay the payments, and you have no life. You got two or three jobs to pay for your lifestyle. You know, he was talking earlier, and you know, Jim Rohn. He was quoting Rohn, and Rohn's right. A lot of people have all these busy activities they do. They have, they're, they're extremely busy, but they have zero accomplishment. Let me give you an example that I've given to you before that I'll give it to you for the new listeners. John Henry Fabray was a French naturalist in the 1800s, and he worked with an insect called the processionary caterpillar. They were called processionary because they, like, followed each other around you know, in a straight line. So one of them turned, the other ones would follow right behind it. And they took these caterpillars and they put them on top of a flower pot around the top lip of the round flower pot on the outside edge. And they walked on the side of this flower pot until they dropped dead. Now here's the interesting part. The entire inside of the flower pot was filled with pine needles, which was their natural food. But they walked around the outside lip and never found the pine needles because they were following each other. They were playing follow with the follower instead of following the leader. And the point of that is they were extremely busy. The caterpillars were. They walked until they dropped dead. But the reality is they never accomplished anything. They never found food. And that's what a lot of people do with their lives. They get extremely busy with golf or with bowling or with tennis. I, I can't tell you how many people that I have met now since Sharon has passed away that, 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 that are ladies who belong to country clubs. And they belong to two and three different country clubs, and you know, and, and they got to play pickleball, they got to play tennis. They've, everything's tied together with what they're doing and the activities that they build for themselves, but they never accomplish anything. And their lifestyles are so extravagant and so expensive, they have to have the huge amounts of money coming in, usually from ex-husbands, all right, to pay this lifestyle and these lifestyle choices. And you try to work in and probably you know go take them to coffee or whatever. They find you find out. They don't have a crack in their schedule. They're booked from 8 in the morning until 8 at night, seven days a week, and that's how they live their lives. And see, that's how a lot of people in America live their lives. They never stop to smell the roses, like that song from Mac Davis. Sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses. You guys can play that song. It's a great song. you got to live your life, but you got to stop and smell the roses. There is a God. That's a fact, and you're not him. And when we ignore God and we have our own life tied up in all of these activities all the time, what ends up happening is we simply don't find God the way we need to find God and worship God the way we need to find him because we don't take time to find God. Now, I'm going to qualify something real quick. People are always saying, I can't you know, make time to do that. Wait a minute. Nobody makes time. It's, it's, a, it's a construct. Number one, it doesn't exist anyhow. But the reality is you can't make time. We get 24 hours a day the way they divide it up the clock. That's it. You have to take time. You can't make time. You can take time to have breakfast. I can take time to do my podcast. I can't make time to do my podcast because I only have 24 hours a day just like you do. Always remember these little concepts because that's why it's important that you take the time to do what you know you're supposed to do for God. You need to take the time to pray. You need to take the time to be with your family at dinner. You need to take the time to take your wife out to dinner and to take her to the movies. And you need to take the time to hold her hand. And you need to take time to kiss your wife every day. Guys, listen to me. Ladies, kiss your husband every day. And I'm not talking about kissing him like, you know, he's your grandmother or grandfather. I'm talking about kissing for real every single day. Zig Ziglar said a long time ago with people that were having a problem with their marriages that if you do what you did – to start with, when you were courting your wife or your husband, 
that you'll fall back in love with your husband or with your spouse. Sharon and I always took the time to go on dates several times a week, sometimes every day. We would go take time to do things because we knew how important it was to be with each other and to have that. The other day, my my 21-year-old daughter, Savannah, said to me, she says, you know, you and mom set the bar so high. You literally had a perfect marriage as far as everybody could see. You had the ability to have this incredible marriage all of these years for decades because you guys worked together to do that. She goes, you set the bar for all of us as to what we want in our marriage. I told her, I said, thank you. I said, that means the world to me. That's because we took the time to do that. I took the time to take her on cruises. I took her took the time to take her on vacations. I took the, took the time to take her up to the ranch and to fly up there on a regular basis in North Carolina. I did all of that stuff with her because I knew that to maintain a relationship with anybody, it takes time. It doesn't take a minute a day. It takes hours every day to have a relationship. You know, you just sit down and talk to your spouse. You really, really do on an ongoing basis. By the way, there's another article and it says the rise and fall of evangelical America. A good article. In the parable of the sower, Jesus illustrated how the seed of God's word flourishes or perishes depending on the kind of ground it falls on. Some seeds fell on the path and birds ate them. Some fell on thorns and grew up and choked the seedlings. Other seeds said Jesus fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately sprang up and so they had no depth when the sun rose, they were scorched, and they did not have any roots, so they withered away. He goes on to say the Rocky Soil Group aptly describes the rapid rise and decline of evangelicals in America in recent decades. Recently, political scientist Ryan Burge, the author of The Great Dechurching, explained how between 1983 and 1993, the share of Americans who identified as evangelicals exploded. In fact, at their height in the early 90s, nearly a third of Americans called themselves evangelicals. This growth overlapped with the sharpest period of decline for mainline Protestants, which between 1975 and 1988 fell from one in three Americans to less than one in five. As Burge points out, this coincides with no, with, with no coincidence. Evangelical gains resulted partly from cannibalizing the mainstream denominations like the Lutheran Church or the Presbyterian Church. By 2018, however, those gains had withered. Evangelicals turned to their pre-1980s percentage of the population, and by all indications, they are still declining today. Part of the story is what happened to the rise of the knowns, those who claim no religious affiliation. Between 1991 and today, the percentage of Americans who identified as knowns skyrocketed from 6 to 29 percent. Perch calls this the most significant shift in American society in the last 30 years. And what he's talking about here is this, the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it nominations. That's who these guys are, the ones that have no deep roots in the Christian faith. They don't talk about repentance. They don't talk about anything. They just talk about happy, 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 and everything you do is good, and nothing is to be, you know, be, be condemned because you can do everything you want to do all of the time. This is what they believe, and I'm not picking on Joel Olstein. He's one of the reasons this has happened. I've listened to Joel, and Joel's, I know Joel. Yeah, I, I know him. I know him. I mean, I can go out there to Houston anytime I want and go to church and talk to Joel. But here's what I've learned over the years with Joel, and I like Joel. When Joel does his TV broadcast, which you know millions listen to every single week, he doesn't talk about repentance. He doesn't talk about all of the things that are so clear in the Bible. It's always the same message in a different way. Now I got to give him credit for that. I have no idea how he comes up with so many stories of his life every single week and talks about it in the same positive framework. Now, let me say something to you. God is a good God, and God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, to basically die on a cross 
and basically spill his blood for you, and then he resurrected him. God loves you that much that he gave his own son for you. That's how much he loves you. But the reality is is that God expects us to do the best we possibly can as Christians, and he doesn't expect us to continue in an old lifestyle of debauchery and sin and all the other things that are so prevalent in today's society. He doesn't want you to be reprobate and think that you're saved. He doesn't want you to be continuing in willful disobedience sin and think that it's okay. It's not with him. Now, if you occasionally make mistakes or you do things you shouldn't ought to do, it, you know, it's one thing. It's that you've got grace for you. But the Bible says, shall we continue to willfully sin after we've received the knowledge of the truth? And it says, by no means we died to sin. How can we live it any longer? These evangelical name it, claim it, blab it, grab it churches don't teach that. They don't. It's a prosperity gospel message. And I, and I know so many of these guys that are out there, and they have these huge churches, but there's no depth to the church. There's no repentance to the church. There's none of this in the church. All they do is continue to say, if you give me money, you'll be blessed. And I've seen it over and over and over. And some of the most wicked people I've ever known are parts of that and have TV ministries and stuff like that with that. I could tell you names and names because I know them, but I'm not going to do it. Some of them are dead now. But the reality is this. God expects a certain type of behavior from you. Are you perfect? No. Will you make mistakes? Yes. But guys, listen to me. He looks at your heart. He wants to know what your heart says. If your heart is for God, look, look at King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. He made some really stupid mistakes. I mean, he had an affair with Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed, Uriah the Hittite. And then the baby was, the baby was born, and then the baby died. And then and basically then he married Bathsheba. She gave rise to Solomon, who's supposed to be the wisest man in the history of the world. But he also turned to be one of the darkest guys in the history of the world with his worship of Satan in the ancient Canaanite religions. And he sacrificed the children of Israel to the doggone demonic gods. This guy is not somebody who you think you should be emulating. So Solomon, now he has some pretty good things to say in Proverbs. He did. And then finally in Ecclesiastes, he came back and he said in his latter part of his life that, you know, the only thing that matters is serve God and obey his commandments. He came back around in the end. But the reality is he had one heck of a mess for a while because he had this, you know, 700 wives or 300 concubines or whatever it was, maybe 300 wives, 700 concubines. And he brought all these ancient people in from all these other lands, and they corrupted him with all of the worship of idols. All of this stuff god looks at he looks at your heart now king david was a man after god's own heart we need to be a man or a woman after god's own heart and try to do the best we possibly can in all the areas of our life if you're talking to somebody and jesus doesn't come up you might want to reevaluate the conversation if you're talking to somebody and they don't want to talk about god you might want to reevaluate if you need to be with that person or not just say it Okay, especially if you're dating somebody, especially if you're involved with them. Now, I understand sometimes in the workplace you can't say certain things. I got that. People get mad about certain things. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about, people that you choose to hang out with after work, what are they talking about? Are they talking about going out and getting drunk and getting on drugs? Are they talking about partying all the time? What are they talking about? What are they talking about, and what is the value in their heart? What do they want? Are they serving God? Are they serving money? Are they serving man? Are they serving some adulterous God? I mean, what are they looking at? And are you talking to them about Christ? Are you talking to them about Jesus? On an ongoing basis, we need to be doing this. Because listen to me, friends. It's Christmas time. It doesn't get any better than right now to talk to people about Jesus, the birth of our Savior. It's Jesus we're talking about now. He is the reason for the season. It's Christmas, the body of Christ, Christmas. It's what we have right now to celebrate. That and Easter are the two big holidays for the church. Always remember who Christ is, and always remember we serve a risen Savior. He is our God. He is our Father. He is led, we are led through the Holy Spirit. All of these things have to be 
point it out right now to your friends. This is that time of year, as is every day is that time of year for me. What do you think, Austin, and what's your next story? Absolutely, bud. And there's no question about it, especially when you're getting your kids and they're getting, you know, going off to school and stuff like that. I saw an article here earlier. It was talking about how now there's 76 Christian universities that are caught promoting abortion and Planned Parenthood. That's why you got to be very careful. Some of these institutions and these churches and these other places that basically are talking about some of this stuff, because, you know, what are they actually involved in? In this article here from uh, Life News talks about how the uh, pro-life generation is celebrating the 697 Christian colleges and universities across the country who hold up the biblical principles that life begins at conception by not promoting Planned Parenthood or any aspects of the abortion industry. However, they have found now that over 76 Colleges and universities maintain some type of relationship with Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. This is considering that Planned Parenthood sells the most abortions, compares to any other vendor. It's proven simply that they've been setting up in college towns all across the country for years and years and years. And so, again, this is why, you know, when your kids are getting ready for school and your kids are getting ready to go to college, understand and look at what they actually want to do. You know, we've talked before on here because, you know, I get that question a lot. You know, a lot of times you can do dual enrollment, which is great. You can get college stuff updated, you know, as far as out of the way first. And there's all kinds of concepts essentially that, you know, you can do and not necessarily have to go a certain route. You know, there's always this singular in the box mindset ideology that's constantly promoted to people all the time when it comes as far as to, you know, whether it be career paths, whether it comes to schooling. And the truth about it is everybody's different. And this is why I've talked in detail before about childhood psychology when it comes to raising children and actually teaching children and essentially going in and talking to them about, you know, what they want to do and how they need to learn and being adaptive to it. Because the concept and ideology that we're all uniquely made by God Almighty, we're all different. Everybody's got a different fingerprint. Everybody's got different DNA. Every single person is completely different from one another. Granted, we're all human beings. We're all different. We're all made in the image of God, but we're all different, which is pretty crazy when you think about you know, 7 billion people. Everybody's unique. That being said, why in the world have we allowed society that is so corrupted to turn around and tell us there's only one specific way that you can possibly educate children whatsoever, and you have to fund it through your property taxes, and you have to send your children to public education, and we're going to send them the same curriculum, the same core, the same teaching, the same ideology, the same mantra, the same timing, the same aspect, the same institution. All of them have to be exactly the same, and all the children are going to be taught the exact same way at the exact same time. Well, I didn't know any better. I would think that sounds a lot like communist indoctrination camps. Oh, is it? Yes. I've had arguments with people that sit there and say, oh, you don't understand. These kids are rambunctious and they don't – they have to be treated essentially like, you know, like they – you know, you got to keep strict leash on them all stuff. Of course, a lot of kids need to get punished for a lot of their behavior as they get older and realize that certain things aren't acceptable. But treating them all like prisoners on a 24-7 basis and indoctrinating them with perversion every single day, that ain't it, bud. And it's funny to me because I've had people email me too before this, and they have this concept like there's there's only one way to raise children. And when you look back to society, you know the concept of education with kids was completely different on how they taught them and what they did on different curriculums and different platforms, different trades that they learned. 
the schooling was much, much shorter. Now I've seen this now with the homeschool co-op that we helped put together years back that's now expanding rapidly. Now we're having to be so careful about who as far as gets in it. We've had a waiting list for it now. Is that you don't have to spend seven, eight hours a day with children being constantly sitting there on an iPad or a paper filling out things, telling them and drilling them. This is how they have to do every single one. Everything can be different as far as in some cases. Now, it takes more time. It takes more energy, but it doesn't have to be the exact same thing for every child because everybody learns different, especially when it comes to boys and girls. And so I always understand that concept now because this narrative that's constantly being promoted, you know, and I know right now, you know, school's out for, for Christmas this week. A lot of parents have their children at home for school. Here's an opportunity, guys to instill some positive resources in them. If they are in the public school and you don't see them all the time, you know, here's some opportunities to teach them a few things, to show them a few things, to go over a few things while you have them for a couple weeks. Take time with that. Take advantage of that. You can spend some time with them. Take them out and do things. Teach them how to do things outside. Let them be creative. Let them go get dirty. Let them go make a mess. Let them get in a little bit of trouble sometimes. Let them figure things out. Because like I told you before, the issue you're running into now with a lot of these teenagers that have just started to get older and the severe depression and confusion that we're watching now in the younger industry, which is becoming a serious problem that nobody wants to address. I've heard from a lot of people that I know that have been in the school system that are around kids, the level of depression and the level of essentially negative uh, – negative essentially um, – uh, as far as outlets that they're getting involved in are bad. A lot of them are all – they're starting to lean towards these social media platforms, being unbelievably obsessed with them. A lot of these children are getting into porn at a very early age. A lot of them are getting into extremely violent video games, hardcore all the time, and they're getting involved with certain people they need to be involved in. And it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every single generation. And a lot of that is because a lot of these children don't have the ability from a younger age to have a positive outlook and to learn things. You know, I told you guys yesterday, there's those videos that I saw, and they were showing these kids that were like two and three years old. One was like laying in his crib, like crying. He's swiping his hand because he's so used to being on a phone and on an iPad. He's crying because his parents basically took their iPhone away from him because he's on it six, seven, eight hours a day. You're training these children to become essentially robotic, and the aspect of they're geared to getting these dopamine triggers all day long, and they become completely and totally addicted to them. And so it's something to really be aware of because if a lot of parents don't look at this right now, these children are going to have severe mental problems when they get older. I mean that sincerely. It's going to be a very big problem. I've seen it all. I've watched it. I've read it. I've researched it. And the more I come to grips with it, the more I realize these screens and these brain and train tools that essentially we use sometimes for business and other things that can be very effective for that. There is no place for these kids to be using them on a regular basis at all. Just some thought I would stuff to, something that I would throw out there. Also, to another news, this is interesting on health topics. A federal judge, this is from, um, uh, let me see here, I'm talking about the FDA. So, a federal judge is going to bat for the corrupt US FDA by telling the federal agency it can withhold from the public COVID vaccine safety data for at least another six months. Due to the criteria of exceptional circumstances, this is crazy now. So according to lawyers representing the FDA, the agency is currently currently overburdened by court orders. Oh, they're, they're suddenly overburdened by the FDA that's supposed to be there to protect the population from essentially bad drugs. They're overburdened with court orders concerning and procuring the records about how and why it decided to emergency use and later approve the RNA COVID shots. 
can't make this up. The FDA, the poor little FDA that's been rubber stamping things on a whim from Pfizer and Moderna without any significant research whatsoever. They're they're overburdened now, guys. And so you gotta you gotta cut up some slack. You know, even they approved drugs RNA gene therapy to be injected in the general population with no long-term research. In fact, the research that they had, we already talked about, showed that these drugs, this RNA therapy, was unbelievably toxic, that it was causing heart problems, that they knew some of the batches were essentially bad. And, you know, they approved it. But, you guys, guys, they're overburdened right now. Poor little FDA is overburdened. And so the FDA Center for Biologic Evaluation Research claiming they're dealing with unprecedented workload right now. It's unprecedented, guys. you got to cut them some slack. And it's causing the agency to experience unprecedented hardships. Because of this, their FDA has requested an 18-month pause on all Freedom of Information Acts requesting and pertaining to the COVID jab safety data. I kid you not. If you tell me you are the most corrupt agency on the planet without telling me you're the most corrupt agency, we're, we're overburdened, unprecedented workload, and we, we don't have the time to tell you why we approved this drug that's RNA gene therapy that DARPA designed in 2012, and we knew it was causing health problems and killing people. And so we're overburdened, so we need another 18 months to cook our books to make sure nobody can figure out what we did. They said what I hear is the issue apparently has come arise as multiple nonprofit groups have sued the FDA as the agency declined to provide any of their requested data. The FDA continues to stonewall requests about COVID safety data despite continual surge in excess deaths, serious injuries stemming directly from the FDA authorized and approved and emergency use shots. It is not known it is, excuse me, it is now known that hundreds of safety signals for the COVID jabs were detected by government employees who never bothered to take a closer look at any of them. That's because they didn't want to. They were told not to. Instead, the FDA and other regulatory bodies ignored the signals and rushed the jabs into commercial use via military contract warp speed. goes on to say here. Unfortunately, I would have to conclude that because of the extraordinary orders that have been issued by the courts down in Texas requiring an exorbitant amount of document production within a relatively short period of time, considering the number of documents involved in other litigation I know that agencies have, I have to conclude that extraordinary circumstances have been established, and I will put a pause on any Freedom of Information Act. This is from U.S. District Judge Reggie Walton at a hearing in D.C. now. So they're blatantly saying now – we don't have the time or energy to tell you peasants about what's actually happening with the shots, even though you kind of already figured it out on your own. We're just going to blatantly slap you in the face and say, we're too busy to tell you the truth. We're too busy to show you the research. We've got to cook the books a little bit more. So we're just going to pause Freedom of Information Acts for a while now just because, you know, eh, it's science, guys. What's happening? I'm telling you right now. They do not want anybody to realize what's happening to these younger children. The adult side effects and the teenage side effects and the young adult side effects is already well known, and it's out there right now. There's a lot of topics on it. There's a lot of misinformation where they're trying to cover their tracks on it. However, the one thing that we know for a fact is that there's been no research whatsoever on what RNA gene therapy does to young children starting at six months old. You can only begin to imagine 
what it's going to do when you see what it does to teenagers and young adults and how horrific it is going to be, what it's going to do to developing infants and toddlers over the next coming years, in my opinion, is going to be one of the most dangerous, deadliest, unprecedented issues we've ever witnessed in the health industry, in my opinion. This is RNA gene therapy. This is super soldier technology that can go in both directions. It can go to make them unbelievably aggressive and resilient, and it can make them unbelievably dumb and infertile and sick. It goes both directions with RNA gene therapy. This ties back into the CRISPR-9 gene therapy technology that DARPA worked on. This is some crazy stuff, and the fact now you have doctors and pediatricians blatantly telling parents at six-month-old that the COVID shot is safe and effective that are adding it to the other six, seven shots that they already give them, by the way, with no research showing what RNA gene therapy does in conjunction with these other shots at all. There's never even been a study on mice to see what it does when you inject children six-month-olds, and they do it at this age because the children cannot talk. They cannot tell their parents how unbelievably sick they're feeling. They cannot describe it. They cannot communicate with it, and this is complete and total perversion of our medical system. Be cautious and do your research with your children, my friends, and please wake up others. This is going to be a serious problem, and I think this is one of the main issues why the FDA and their spoiled little crybaby butthurt friends that they work with are pitching a fit about not wanting to disclose any of this information because they know they cannot have this information get out. Because one thing about it is when parents have children – that are getting sick or they're having problems or health issues, parents will do almost anything they can to protect their children once that happens, to fix their children. If the general population realizes that the FDA-approved RNA therapy, which is unbelievably toxic with these spike proteins, and they approved it to be used in their infant children, and they knew it was going to cause severe health problems, severe reproductive problems, severe immune problems, and they knew it and they approved it anyways with no good reasoning whatsoever – You're going to have a lot of parents that are going to go crazy, and I mean crazy. They're going to go nuts, and they're going to lose it, and that's exactly what the FDA wants to prevent right now so they can get more and more and more of these shots into these kids before the truth finally gets written on the wall. That's my opinion on that, but I am shocked that this judge is signing off, even though I guess I'm not. I'm sure he got a nice little – Little Christmas bonus in his front pocket there now. Now the uh, no no Freedom of Information Act is available for a while now. The FDA's got to they've got to work. You know it's got unprecedented you know workload on them. We got to feel sorry for them. Unbelievable. But again, not surprising, and just another reason why it is so crucial to constantly talk to people about what's going on, especially with children, especially with health, and especially what some not all but some of these unbelievably compromised pediatricians are doing, and a lot of them know they're doing it. We've talked in detail, we've brought it up repeatedly about the Blue Cross Blue Shield bonus structure that they incentivize these pediatricians with to continually, continually push this agenda to make more and more and more money and bonuses by essentially trying to strong-arm parents into taking these shots upon their children and signing off. Because remember, every single one of these shots – they have, a, they have a list of papers that you have to sign off on when you give your children these shots. The parents have to consent 
to allow their children to be injected with the sludge. This is how it works with these sickos. They don't just want to do it to the kids. They want to make sure you accept it, that you consent to it, that you know what they're doing to them, and they go along with it. This is what I've said before. One of the easiest questions you can ask a pediatrician if you're really wanting to go toe-to-toe with them this list of vaccines that you're wanting to inject my child with and you want me to sign off on is death listed as a side effect on any of the vaccinations that you're wanting to give them. And if they tell you no, they're blatantly lying to you or they have not read it themselves. If they say yes, that just answered your question. Is the risk really worth the reward for rubella and covid and measles and you know, chicken pox and all these things now that essentially are not an issue whatsoever anymore and that allowing these children to maintain a natural healthy immunity. Again, you make your own decision on it. I'm not telling you what to do. But one thing I am telling you to do is please do your own research, make your own decision and come to your own conclusion on it because this is something is we have to be aware of. And you know, as this Christmas weekend comes out and you spend time with friends and family, you know, sometimes it may be the time to bring this up. You know, maybe not at a dinner table. Sometimes people don't like that. You know, sometimes it can be controversial. You have friends and family coming in, not necessarily wanting to start a giant argument with everybody. But at the end of the day, maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe this is a time to talk to people, even just a slow, soft disclosure on certain things. Not everybody wants to be hit with a fire hose, you know, especially if they're not sure about what's going on. But again, throwing some articles out there, throwing some actual topics that you can rebuttal and that you have research to back – can maybe make a huge difference in some of these children's lives. So my friends, keep getting the truth out there. You know where to get a hold of us. Check out the website this weekend for different specials. I'm going to put on the front page, the Magnesium Brain Food, the one and only one of our best sellers on sale right now. It's product of the week, over 15% off. Be sure to check that out on the website. And also, too, use the 12 days coupon, 12DAYS, for any of our D3 products over the weekend for 10% off on there. You guys have a fantastic weekend, my friends. Have a blessed Christmas. Enjoy yourselves. Remember what you're celebrating. Continue to keep the truth out there. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a great Christmas on Monday. We'll talk to you again back on this show Tuesday as always, my friends. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.